Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Giants leading the Buccaneers 7-3, four and a half minutes into the second quarter of Monday Night Football. Giants just one and six on the year. The Buccaneers coming in at five and two. More football talk in half an hour. The Double E Football Team Coaches Show with Morley Scott and Scott Milanovic every Monday at seven thirty. Tomorrow, Inside Sports is even shorter than it is tonight. It's only an hour, six to seven, and then reruns of Three's Company. Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. Election coverage, uh, coverage of the uh, United States election. The newest Edmonton Oiler is Dominic Cahoon. He gets a one-year deal, $975,000. He's 25, played 56 games last season, mostly with the Penguins, a few with Buffalo after he got traded there. He had 31 points, including 12 goals. He's 5'11", 175, born in the Czech Republic, but mainly grew up in Germany. He's played for Germany several times internationally, many of those with Leon Dreisaitl, played at the uh, World Hockey Championships on four occasions, played in three World Juniors for Germany. That is your newest Edmonton Oiler. And I'm pleased to welcome back to the show my good buddy, Rob Brown. Rob, thanks for coming on. You know, I can't, obviously Joey Moss dominated the, the news so much and, uh, you and I have been lucky to do over 500 Oilers broadcasts together. I do inside sports every weeknight. After a while, you don't remember every show. I will always remember the show one week ago tonight, unfortunately finding out about Joey's passing about 15 minutes before going on air and uh, bringing guests on to talk about Joey. Callers calling in. A couple of people couldn't finish their calls. They actually were in, in tears when uh, when they were on the phone. Special guy, special guy in this community and as i think we we found out known across the country in the hockey world well i i've talked to a lot of guys i i hang out with jason strudwick and fernando pisani i'm on the ice with them a lot and whenever they talk about joey they just get a big smile and their eyes get all big and and there's all these incredible stories a lot of them that you know the public doesn't get to hear but you realize how big a part of that dressing room how big a part of that organization he was and for a lot of people in my generation i grew up when the others had gretzky and coffee and that but there's a lot of generations that never saw those those players play and only have heard of them there's a number of generations that have been around for joey moss so he transcends uh generation to generation i mean i don't know he's not bigger than the gretzky's and the ryan smiths but he's more, more well known to more people here in edmonton he's not He's that big a, a story. And to me, uh, the life that he lived uh, makes for an incredible movie. And I wouldn't be shocked if one is eventually made of him, of, uh, of, of overcoming uh, a disability and, and living the life that he has lived. Uh, I, I, again, whenever you talk about him, you smile. And I just think about uh, the, the, the sheer joy he had of uh, being part of the Oilers organization. You and I have sat in the, the press box in old Rex Allen and Rogers and have heard him sing. We're in the press box and we can hear every word that comes out of his mouth. 
and we would look at each other and smile. So uh, an incredible loss for, for the city of Edmonton and for, for hockey in general. But I think that everybody that has been touched by Joy Moss throughout their lives is better for it. So he will be missed, and I, I'm sure his legacy and his story will, will remain and carry on for, for years and years and years because he's meant that much to this organization, this city, and this province. Yeah, well said for sure, and, and he will be honored. In yeah, I think I think in many ways, I'm sure the city will do something. I'm sure the Oilers will do something. I'm sure the Double E football team will will do something, and then hopefully at a time that that we can all gather. Rob, good to have you on the show again. Okay, Dominic Cahoon. Uh, you know his his name's been out there. We we knew about the connection with Drysaddle, and Drysaddle kind of encouraged the Oilers to sign him a couple of years ago when Peter Shirelli was still the general manager. I I just had Phil Bork on the show. A guy you played with, he saw <laughs> Cahoon play those 50 games with the Penguins, and he said, top nine guy, not a top six guy, but if you play um, if you play an 82-game season, he, he thinks maybe he could get to 18 or 20 someday, certainly 10 to 15. Man, oh, man, Rob. I mean, we got to see. It's, it's, it's easy to be optimistic on in the offseason. Usually this isn't the offseason, but, it, it, you know, if you're, if you're not optimistic in the offseason, I'm not sure why you're a fan. But, man, oh, man, can you imagine if the Oilers actually had a legitimate third line with Turris, Cahoon, maybe Archibald, maybe Pugliarvi Blossoms? That, to me, that would be a huge game changer. It, it certainly would, but also it gives the, uh, gives the Oilers options what they can do in their top six. And I know that I know Borky well, and I, I trust his opinion on players, but he also, there's a lot of players that have been top six forwards on good teams playing with superstars. If they weren't playing with those superstars, they wouldn't be a top six forward. They'd be a top nine. There's just chemistry that's built with certain players. And Leon Draisaitl wants this guy. He's the MVP of the National Hockey League. He's in the top five best players in the world. And if he wants this guy on his team and possibly on his line, well, you got to think there's going to be some chemistry. And that's something that you're going to look at. The others have depth. So the, the last number of years, the others have had three incredible centermen. And they have been hard-pressed to find three quality wingers play with them. Thus, Ryan Nugent Hopkins has had to play wing on one of the top two lines. What Ken Holland has gone out and done this, this offseason is, is, is offseason has found depth players at good prices that you're rolling the dice. Say, okay, maybe one or two of these guys can work out. And if they do, this is awesome. I mean, I mean you're getting them at a cheap price and being able to put them in, in, up and down your lineup. So I think it was a good signing by the Oilers. And again, you got to listen to your superstars. If Connor McDavid walks into the GM's office. You know what? I like this guy. I think there's a chance that we could have some chemistry here. You're going to listen. And Leon Draisaitl has mentioned it a few times in the past. They went out and got a player that he's had success with in the past. I, I think it's a great low-risk type of move by Ken Holland that could pay big dividends. Rob Brown joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Yeah, it's you know there's a lot of ifs. Not everything turns out. But we noticed that about Holland last offseason as we went into the year. Not everything turned out, but because Grandland didn't really do much. He had a couple good games. Uh, Yurcho was never really around. I, I, I was struggling to remember the name of the Russian player that was there in training camp. I think it was Berdyshev or something, something yeah, like that. We didn't either. see, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't see very much. But you got her. But bringing in guys cheaper, making them feel they they have to earn it, and 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 then having a fallback plan. I mean, it's like throwing 
it's like you, you would you would you sooner buy 10 lottery tickets or 100 um you know you hope that you, you buy 100 and something comes out of there i feel that's been holland's approach in finding in trying to add depth players well what i like about it too is approach how many busts have we seen over the last dozen years where you've gone out in the offseason and overspent on a player and then you pay for it for the next two three five seven years because you can't get rid of that contract nothing is guaranteed you can go out and get the top winger that's out there and say all right this guy is going to come in here he's going to fit in perfect and he doesn't and all of a sudden you're on the hook for six seven eight nine million a year for six years and you're trying to get rid of a contract so if you're going to throw you know darts out of board and say all right and let's get 10 guys in here and i'm going to throw a dart if one or two of these work out great and if they don't big deal it's, it's not you're not going to be hamstrung for, for a number of years afterwards. So that's what I like about it. And the others should know that. I mean, they had Milan Lucic. That was a huge signing. I remember uh, the fanfare for that one. This is going to change the other's organization. And then they struggled to get rid of him. And then Neil, the same thing. Uh, he's had a resurgence here in, in Edmonton. But in Calgary, they, they thought they uh, made the biggest mistake uh, of, of their franchise's history. So you, sometimes when you go and spend big money on something that you think is a sure thing, that sure thing doesn't work out, well, now you're on the hook. Ken Holland's not on the hook with any of the signings that he made this summer, but he, he's rolling the dice, but one or two of those work out. You've got your superstars. Now you're trying to find role players to play with those superstars, and that's what he's done this summer. Well, and, and that's that's the crazy thing about the contracts. And look, I, I'm surprised Lucic declined as quickly as he did. I, I mean, I thought, okay, it's a seven-year deal. You're probably going to get four, maybe five good years out of him. But that's the the thing about free agency is it's a chance not just to cash in money-wise, but have the security. Not not just knowing, that, okay, I got a big paycheck for two or three years. I'm going to drive up the bidding to also get a longer contract. I was I was on Calgary Radio today and talked about that with the host that that maybe you, you know Markstrom at the the last couple of years of his contract aren't that good in net for the Flames but but they had to give him those years to to hopefully get at least three or four good years but another angle to that is how is this going to change Rob if the cap doesn't go up certainly the star players the really good free agents will get it. like Mike Hoffman is still sitting out there he's not a bad player I know there's some other baggage with him with what happened with Carlson and all that but he's a he's a good player, and he's sitting there with. A, I mean, even I, I don't think the Kajula still hasn't signed, has he? I mean, he's a decent NHL player, still sitting there without a contract. Well, you're, you're going to see that probably for the next couple of years. I, the, the salary's not going to go up for a few years now. Uh, we don't know if and when this season's going to start, and that'll dictate how much is in the kitty for the following year. It's going to take three, four years, possibly, for them to get back on track to where they were. So contracts are huge, and where you usually see it, the, the the star players look at their money. The middle of the road players, the guys you know that are in that uh, middle third, they're the guys that are going to be in trouble because you're going to have the star players eating up most of your cap. Then you're going to have to find players that are playing at a, a million or right around the minimum or just over a minimum to fill the roster. And you're going to see a lot of guys that will be taking pay cuts on their next contract to try and find a place to play and hopefully through bonuses or through big seasons can get that contract, big contract later. But yeah, there's some good hockey players out there that right now, because of the financial situation right now in the world and in the national hockey league are 
desperate to get contracts that would have been easy to get before. Teams don't have the money. They simply don't have the money. And uh, <laughs> there's going to be some players that are going to be coming into camp. There are going to be some good hockey players that are going to training camp on tryouts this year. And that's how teams are going to start filling up the roster because there's a lot of teams that still have a lot of financial problems when it comes to getting their team in under the cap. Yeah, that's a really good point. And the Oilers, they still got to sign Bear. Now, you're allowed to be 10% over the salary cap in the summer, and then we expect Oscar Clefbaum would be put on long-term injured reserve whenever the season starts, which we still don't know when it is. I don't think it's going to be January 1st like the tar- like is the target. Maybe it's January 15th. Maybe it's February 1st. I was thinking, Rob, the seven teams that didn't get to play in the qualifying round, if, if it's February 1st for the start of the season, that's ten and a half months without an NHL game that counts. Oh, I know it's almost a full year for for a lot of players, and even the the teams that played. Some guys played what three games, four games, in in a span of eleven months. It, it is going to be weird. And the hard thing as a player right now, when in a normal off season you have uh, a schedule of okay, here's what I'm doing this part of my 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 workouts now. Okay, here's where I move into the next group. Here's when I go to the next section. Here's when I skate. Here's when I... So it's all mapped out because you know when your season's over, you know how long exactly you have until training camp starts. Well, right now, it's, it's really weird for players because they don't know when it's going to start. They don't know when they're supposed to. Okay, when do I move into my next phase of my workouts? When do I move to the ice? Because they don't want to go too hard too quick. You don't want to take too much time off. Uh, so it, it's just a weird time. And for those teams, the seven teams that haven't played since the middle of March, I mean, think about it. Like It's hard to train that hard every day with no end in sight. Eventually, uh, you get mental fatigue, not just physical fatigue, just the not knowing when you're eventually going to be putting what you're doing into use. So uh, I hope that there's some things will come out in the next little while when the the players and the owners get together to try to discuss what's going they the players just want some sort of carrot dangled out in front of them okay here's what we're thinking here's our best case scenario just to give them some sort of idea of what they're preparing for because right now uh well the players probably know about as much as you and i do and that's absolutely nothing <laughs> well, we know nothing for sure. I can, t- I can tell you that. <laughs> hey, how's uh, how's teaching going? By the way, uh, academies are going good. We've been we've been lucky. I teach at a few academies, and we've been lucky where we've been healthy. I know uh, teams. I think there's four or five teams in Sanaba right now that are in isolation because someone on their team has tested positive, uh, and it's happening all throughout Edmonton and all throughout Alberta. But we've been we've been healthy. We're very very. Uh, safe with uh, the mask wearing and the cleaning of hands and the cleaning of equipment and the social distancing and you have to be it's just a weird world out there so right now we're looking at it every day that we get to go on the ice is a blessing because we don't know when and if at some point we're going to have to stop for a little while Rob always appreciate it buddy look forward to the next time you're on the program talk to you soon sounds good sounds good Reed. take care that is Rob Brown checking in it is 720 how about this the Giants still up on Tampa Bay Bucks heavily favored in this one. We reached the two-minute warning of the first half, 7-3 New York. Back after the break.
Cahoon, the newest Edmonton Oiler, one-year contract, $975,000. You can get more on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. My Twitter poll, the Oilers' top nine forward is uh, forward group is above average, average, or below average. It is above average, running away with it. Optimism in oil country, 68%. It is 29.6% for average and uh, about 2.5% for below average. Coming up to 900 votes, you can vote until 8 o'clock tonight. Now, this does not, of course, include the mail-in ballots. Morley Scott has the double E football team coaches show coming up after seven 30 and Morley, of course, a fan of the seven and O Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. You must yeah. be thrilled Morley. Yeah, I am. Uh, they're having a great season. It's, it's been fun to watch chase Claypool too. Uh, I know he's getting, he's getting really hyped up in Canada uh, because of his, his lineage and, and being Canadian, but uh, man, he's been, he's been fun to watch another big touchdown for the Steelers to, to win the game yesterday. They've had a lot of things go right for him. They didn't play for, they haven't played very well. The last two weeks, they had to come from behind to beat Tennessee. They had to come from behind to win the game yesterday over Baltimore. But they're getting it done. That defense is pretty solid. Well, the Steelers, I was talking about with Phil Bork. They are a great franchise. They they rarely have an off year. It seems if they do miss the playoffs, they're still 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. And they always have, it's in my recent memory anyway, they always have one or two playmaking receivers that they bring along. Claypool. Schuster's there. They had Antonio Brown. Wasn't Santonio Holmes there a few years yep. ago? Like, there's always, there's always. I mean, you know, clearly they got a good quarterback, but it seems they always have a receiver or two that can just make plays and can run after the catch. Yeah, it, that is very true. They've got, they've always had a playmaker at that uh, receiver position. One, sometimes two, uh, and you know, and even with when they had Antonio Brown and and uh, JoJo Smith Schuster, I mean, it was a great combination. And now, uh, Claypool's, you know, he's slowly working his way into the mix. He seems to get more and more playing time uh, each week, and I think he's got a starter too as well. So yeah, he's he's going to be another one of those guys. But yeah, you're you're right. Uh, they get some dynamite receivers. He just makes some some incredible catches. And uh, Big Ben looks pretty good after basically a year off last year he got hurt what in week two last year and missed the entire season uh he does not look uh, 38 so far this year uh things are going well for the Steelers and if you get hired to coach the Steelers you pretty much have the rest of your career planned out uh what's coming up tonight on the double league football truth? team coaches show sorry say again what, what what do you have coming up tonight with Milanovic well, actually, we, we, uh, Scott Milanovic, is, uh, he's, he's going to be on the show tonight, but just for a, a short period of time. I taped with him last, uh, last week late. He's on a hunting trip. So uh, oh. we'll hear some hunting stories in a couple of weeks. But tonight we're going to hear from uh, Noel Thorpe, defensive coordinator. We'll also hear from uh, Chris Presson, uh, the uh, E president, will join us as well to talk uh, about things in the front office. So, All right, coming up after the 7.30 news. And tomorrow, don't forget, Inside Sports from 6 to 7 and then special coverage of the U.S. election at 7 o'clock tomorrow night here on 6.30 Chet. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. The studio operator is Kellen Kennedy. My name's Reed. Morley's next. 6.30 Chet, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chet.